Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. Tonight we are starting with Relationship Week. So this morning, the, the morning church was a little bit tense with this topic. I don't know if they were like stressed, if all the men were like, oh my, I hope like my wife doesn't corner me at home and say, my Werner had said, and I had van jou gepraat. You weet, and, and, and like the, and all the ladies are dreading this verse that I'm about to read tonight, like submit to your husband. They're like, oh, now my husband's going to tell me, you must submit. That's what very say. So they were like, but just tell the person next to you, relax. Just turn to someone next to you and say, relax. Awesome. We don't have chill pillar, but we've got cappuccinos afterwards, and it's just as good. Um, um, Maria told me his wife's got submission issues, so Yanda, I, I, I had you in mind when I was... <laughs> uh, I had no one in mind. I just had, I have a lot of personal sin to repent of whenever I have to preach on Relationship Week. But just a little bit of history. Uh, when it comes to relationships and how God sees it is something that we as a family is quite robust on. We're quite, man, we have to get this right. Um, we want to try our utmost best to lead a congregation into a place where relationships are healthy and where we can do our king justice in how we do relationships, how we pursue um, purity, as singles and how we pursue marriage as designed by God is something we feel strong about, is something we are robust about. And I remember even in Stellenbosch when I was a student, when we had Relationship Week, the church hall was packed. I mean, it was packed. There were students, they were sitting in the aisle, you know, everyone had this this idea, man, I'm going to get married one day and Pastor Fred, he's going to tell me how this is going to happen. So you, you felt the expectation in the air as the students came through the door. Maybe they were also just scanning the horizon for possible, you know, matches. They didn't have apps back then. You had to like see the person, you know. Um, and I remember one night, it was in, it was in the middle of exam and and Pastor Fred was preaching along. It was like an hour and a half sermon. And he said, listen, should I stop or should I go on? And everyone shouted, go on, go on. Because we were so excited to learn about becoming a godly man, a godly woman. And it's kind of a thing that's, that's in our church family, which is a great thing. And even when I came here in 2013, the church was here. There was a few small groups. But we started with relationship week or sometimes relationship month where we did Sundays, consecutive Sundays. And we took the same approach. We went head on and we spoke about it. We put it on the table. If we don't talk about sex, purity, relationships, who will teach us and who will teach our children? Are you going to leave? I know most of you don't have children, but 
will we leave it to their friends to tell them what relationship should be and their friends will tell them whatever they heard at their sources or are we going to take responsibility and teach our families ourselves and so that is the posture we have with relationship week we, we go head on and this week we changed it from past years where we said anyone is welcome even if you are single come with us we're going to have split sessions on Wednesdays. We're going to have the marriage, the marriage and the engaged together. And then we're going to have those who are going out and the singles together. We're going to split them up. And on Friday, we're going to split the men and um, the women. And they're going to, there's going to be young men and young women as well, high school kids. Because they are being taught through Netflix. So we're going to interject. We're going to taught them ourselves. So they're going to come with their dads, with their moms. Every, if, uh, I know most of the families comes in the morning, but if there's someone coming with you, the dad or the parents can decide whether the child is maybe still a little bit too young. But maybe in high school when the dad and mom says, yes, bring them with. All right. Is that okay? That's our approach. Right. So just before we head into this specific scripture, I'm just uh, starting off here. We're going to talk about the call of marriage and this sermon does not and cannot contain any, everything about marriage so i'm just going to focus on a specific part what i also want to say is the bible does not make excuses at times where you need to take the truth and think on it longer it doesn't explain it the bible would have would have been a, this whole building full of books if it had to explain and over explain every Verse. So let me give you an example because we're going to read about this. At one stage, this scripture says, the man shows in his relationship with his wife something about the character of Jesus, our leader. All right. That does not mean that only men are called to lead like Jesus. Woman also leads like Jesus, but Scripture just says, in a marriage, if we look at the man, we can see something of the leadership of Jesus. Okay, But women are also invited to lead in that way. Are you with me? And I'm not going to stop every time and explain that. For example, it says, as women are softening their hearts in submission towards their husband, it shows us something of what the church should be doing. But in the church, there are men and women. So is it only the women that, sh that should soft soften their hearts towards Jesus? No, no, it's the men and the women. So it spills over in both genders, a lot of these truths, right? But so if you are a woman and we are talking about the man we're going to zone in, ask the Holy Spirit, so what does that mean for me? Because you might be leading at work. Are you with me? You will be leading when your husband is not there. So, so learn from it. When we are talking about this idea of what we see in the woman, in the wife, um, when we look at her in marriage, as a man, asks, uh, ask the Holy Spirit, so what does this mean for me? Because I'm part of a church. And my wife or wives out there is, is showing something about what the heart should be like towards God. And I'm also part of a church, so I should look and learn. Are you with me? Right, if you have that, then we can start. 
Lord, I just want to give this moment to you as we look into the call of marriage. I want to ask you to open every heart and allow your word to bear fruit. Allow your word to, to grow like that little seed Jan Lo spoke about. The way it caught my heart, the way it caught my attention when I was 18 years old. May your word capture hearts here tonight in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's do this. We are going to read together and we're going to start with maybe the most dreaded verse in the Bible. Let's do it. Wives, submit to your own husbands. I had to start with that one just to get it behind us. By the way, your own husband, all right? I can't go and tell Lisa, hey, ex-command, you have no submit. It says submit to your own husbands, all right? And that's why you should also choose well, all right? In any case, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Can you, can you see the tension there? Who is included in the church? Both males and females. Who exercise submission in the heart? Everyone in the church. Learn from your wife. Okay, she's got a great role to play. She, her life is instructing your heart. Let's go on. The world is so clueless when it comes to spiritual matters. They think... This is looking down at women. It's, they, they don't know what they're talking about. It's an honor to stand in service of Jesus Christ. What an honor. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor. I'm just going to read on a little bit just to, to work through the whole passage. Without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. Jesus is working with the church. He's bending down, uh, like we said two weeks uh, last week with Jonah. Jonah in his sin, in his hard heart, what does God do? He bends down. He says, is it all right, Jonah? He, he bends down next to us. And he's cleansing us as time goes on. Isn't it amazing? In the same way, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. But if they have irreconcilable differences, he may divorce her. That's not what it says. Right, pay attention. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Last slide. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. We're going to look into some of this mystery tonight. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. Husband and wife, Christ and the church. It refers to it. 
Now, what is important to note there, very important, marriage does not equal Christ in the church. It's only a picture. It's a broken picture of Jesus and the church. For example, Jesus said the kingdom is like a seed. It's much more than a seed, but it can be likened to the seed that grows. The kingdom is like, and then Jesus would say, when you catch many fish and you divide them. And so the kingdom of God can be likened to so many things. And one of these things, a very important one, is marriage. But remember, it is still bigger. But when we look at marriage, it does reflect something about the kingdom that should grab our attention. Amen? Now, about two years back, we, we had a church camp because we were planting the morning church. And we decided, you know, we need to just go back and revisit all the stuff we do around church. We've got a lot of people helping to get the space ready. This whole space here where we are sitting gets packed up every Sunday morning. It's filled with chairs from this side to that side. They, sit, they seat the whole church, the whole school as they register the children. At the end, when everyone's home, there's a few people that will pack out every chair again. There's work to be done. And then we started the morning church and we realized, man... Is double the work. And so we asked some of the teams, why do you do what you do? We asked the setup team, what is it that you actually do? Because we realized it's not, you know, rolling up cables. Because if that is what they do, that you can just do it at home. We asked the media team, what is it that you actually do? Because it's not going through PowerPoint slides. Otherwise, you can just do that at home. So what is it that the setup team actually do? What is the essence of it? The reason I'm doing this is because we're going to go to what is the essence of marriage. The setup team came back and they said, we prepare a space for the community to experience worship. So when we pack a chair, we're actually not packing a chair, we're preparing a space for worship. Can you see the difference? The essence of the media team was this, we use modern technology to connect people to God. Now, now that sounds like a calling. Pressing a button doesn't sound like a calling. Right. Now, marriage, if, let me just say this, I don't want to shock you, but maybe I am. If the setup team was about rolling cables, then marriage is about sex. To the same degree that marriage is about sex, to that same degree, the setup team, they're rolling cables. Because the essence of marriage is much deeper. It is much deeper. But in the world out there, it is being told that marriage is about sex. And so when intimacy is no more, what do you do? You divorce your partner. Get the next one. But if marriage was about something deeper, wouldn't there be something more robust looking after marriage? Exactly. And that is what we are after. So what is the essence of marriage then? Is sex important? 100%. 100% it is important. But it's not the essence. Let me just shock you again. Um, this is not going to be good news to all of you young people looking forward to marriage. Um, but if your partner should be in an accident and can never have sex again, can you still be married? Yes. Because it's not the essence of marriage. It is amazing but that is not what it is. So you can be married to someone that cannot have sexual intercourse. 
That's how deep it is. Are you with me? What is this essence? What is the visa van die hevelik? So we're going to start with the men. And we're going to touch on a few things. Husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her. That means to clean her or cleanse her, be part of her growth. Having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor. All right. So as Jesus walked the earth in service of his bride in the same way the husband is called to love his wife. Now, what does that mean? It means the following. If you are a believer, let's take this church for example. If you are a believer in this church and you love Jesus and you marry, I hope and pray that the following is true. Because this will point us to the essence of marriage. When people look at you and your relationship with your wife and they, they observe how you, in a way, move in your relationship with your wife as they come into your home for small group or as they come over for a bride and they look at you and especially your interaction with your wife. They should think or say the following. If I look at this man, he reminds me of someone. As I look at this man, he reminds me of another man with his bride. Oh, beholding, he is in our midst himself through his spirit. But there's another way in which we behold Jesus. By looking at a husband, the way he loves his wife. Now we are talking about the essence of marriage. So what does this man do when one day his wife ends up in an accident and can never have sex again? Does he still hold on like Christ held on to the church or does he walk away? Can you see what the calling it is to be married? It's not something you fall into, the hard ones, what are the ones nonsense. It is a calling you take up. And all of heaven is beholding you as husband, as you, in a way, dance around your wife, showing to another husband and how he loved his dirty bride, you and me. Isn't that amazing? Marriage without this can be argued as not marriage at all. It is just two people living together. This is the essence of marriage. It would be like tripping someone into a swimming pool and saying, Ha, I just baptized you. Like some ministers take people before an altar to get married and they don't notice. It is a sin. You are called to be a mirror that shows Jesus. Now we are talking about the essence of marriage. But now in my title, I said, listen, everyone 
is included. What do I mean by that? Watch out that we don't see marriage as a milestone in this church. You know, we have our level eight Christians. Hanu is one of them. Just below him, we've got Werner at seven. We've got Marius at three, still climbing his way up. I'm just playing. But any case, sometimes there's no such things. Don't worry. Um, uh, <laughs> But sometimes we think there's a, there's, a, there's a chosen elect that gets married. It's a thought from the devil. It's a thought from the devil. And I'll tell you why. If you are not married, right? Maybe something happened. Maybe your partner died. Maybe you are divorced. And God can heal those wounds. Let's say you are not married. Here I am talking about marriage. You're like, man, I'm excluded from that. I also want to show, I also want people to see the way I love that it reflects to Christ. Let me tell you something. If you are single today, talking to the, man, to the men, but also to the women. Maybe you don't have your wife to serve, but you have a bride to serve. Look around. Look around. You are interacting with the very bride that Jesus died for. Some men, when they get their wife, they give up on the bride. And the single man shows more about the essence of marriage than the married man. Be very aware. Husbands, you have a call. You should serve your wife and serve the bride. Okay, Everything the man does reflects on Jesus. If a man, this is a hard one, and this happens because I've seen it many years. Sometimes a man, a man is on fire for God, but actually in his heart, there was the, the, the end of his road was to get married. That was actually what, what he was longing for. And the moment he got married, he withdrew from the body of Christ. Him and his wife, they, with, they withdraw. And what that man is modeling to his family and to people around him is that there will come a time when Christ will withdraw. Because whatever this man does shows to points to Jesus. That's very important. We have a calling, man. Amen? We have a calling. And to the single men, love the bride. Love the bride because you have the opportunity to love the bride of Christ in such a way that when you marry your own bride, your heart will be trained. Amen. Sometimes I see some of these single men, um, they just were slaving away at church and I feel bad. And then, and then I just hear the Spirit tell me, don't feel bad. Let them work. They are loving me. And then I just smile and say, thank you, Lord. The first thing I want to say about the essence of marriage and the call of marriage, all are included. The call of every man is to model the love of Jesus for sinners. That's it. You are interacting with your wife as Christ would interact with his wife, the church. Isn't that amazing? And every man is doing that, even the single. 
Right, let's go to the women. Sorry, man, that was hard. But that's how we do it here. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and he is himself its savior. Now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything and everything to their husbands. That's, that's a hard verse. That's a hard verse. It's hard because sometimes God leads us into places where we really have to trust Him. It doesn't make sense to our human hearts and minds, but it is God, so we trust Him. And then sometimes our husbands, they want to lead us to places and we don't feel we agree, but He's not Jesus. But as Scripture says, in all things. I don't want to make just a general statement. If it's not sin, follow the man. Follow the man and do it unto God. Trust him. You know, when, uh, <laughs> when they asked us to come to Secunda, uh, we left everything we have. Uh, all our parents and my wife, I was employed by the church and she's my wife, so she's in the ministry with me. But she left the whole business just like that. And it was hard because one day God spoke to me. He spoke to me first on a mountain. I was praying on a mountain in Cape Town and God said, I'm going to give you, I'm going to take you to Secunda and it's going to be more pretty than this. I promise you. The inheritance I have in Secunda is better. And maybe my mind did not believe that, but I just knew in my heart. And so I went home with news for my wife, the Western Cape photographer on the up. And I said, I really feel I really feel that we should move. And I wanted to say, but if you really feel, I wanted to get out of it also. It's like, if you really feel we should not go, then, then we'll just stay. But, but God just I closed my mouth. I was not allowed to say that. I just had to say, I really feel we should move. And she cried and she said, then we will go. And there were still many tears after that. Now, eight years later, it has been the best eight years of our lives. We've met our best friends here, but we didn't know. I had to trust God and my wife had to trust me. Funny story. I actually went out with a, with a girl in Shofar, Stellenbosch, uh, in university. And I thought, man, this could be the one. I mean, we're serving God together. Um, I got along with her parents. And then one day she, <laughs> she said the following. I just want to be honest with you, Vanna, but I never see myself leaving Stellenbosch because I would not be able to move away from my parents and I knew the relationship was over. I just knew it. Because God already spoke in my heart, he's going to send me. And so I had to end the relationship. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm thankful for those words that she said it. Because it would have been very hard because I would have tied her and put her in a car and bring her to Secunda if she was my wife. <laughs> But praise the Lord, I didn't have to do that. Uh, I'd end up in court or something, maybe. That would not be a great way to start your ministry in a new town, in jail. And no one had Zoom back in 2013, I mean. Any case, so I just want to honor my wife. But being in a marriage 
as a woman helps you to follow Jesus. And sometimes the women do it better than the men because they're often confronted with following the husband and, and making their hearts soft towards their husband. Their hearts are soft and ready when Jesus speaks. And so sometimes it's the women, and this is wrong, but sometimes it's the women that's the intercessors because they can hear God. Like this. So we should learn from them. But what are they showing us in this process? What are they modeling to the world? It is this. The call of women, or you could say the, the essence of women in marriage, is to model the soft heart everyone should have towards Jesus. Every man, every woman, the whole church should have a soft heart. I just use that word instead of submissive. Submissive is not a, it's not a negative word in the Bible, but it is in our culture. But let's talk about a soft heart. Every person should have a soft heart towards God. And women get to model that very graciously in a marriage. Sometimes, man, the one night, um, I'm, I'm telling you stories, is that okay? The one night a couple came to our home and the husband was mad at his wife. There was a story. Uh, and we just knew, just step back. I mean, he's not going to hit her or something, but they need to sort this out. And the best is for the new pastors in Sukuna not to get into this marriage. And, um, but they had a relationship of God, and especially this woman, she was strong. But her husband said, um, took her to a, a room in our home, and, and he, he took out the finger, and he disciplined her with his words. Did, at that moment, he did not show the leadership of Jesus. Okay. He came back, acted as normal. She went to the bathroom and there she was crying. Because when she came out, you could see her eyes was red. But when she came out of that bathroom, she walked upright. She went to her husband. She put her hands on his shoulder and said, can I make you a cup of coffee? She started serving her husband. And I'm like... You know, you must know it as fatty, so. It was a bad situation, but the way this woman softened her heart, the next morning I, my heart was open before God because I saw something of what the church should be, and I am part of the church. That wife opened my heart towards God. You see the calling of being a wife? It is incredible. It is incredible. It's blasphemy. The stuff we see on televisions where wives shout at their husbands and they take out the finger. It's a, it's a clap in the gezicht. We should be different. Amen? But what about... You, if you are single, though, you're not married yet. You're like, man, I also want that opportunity to soften my heart. Because, of course, you're sitting there as a, as a, as a single and you're thinking, my husband's going to be perfect. It's just going to be great. And, uh, you know, we're not going to have any softening of hearts. It'll just be soft automatically, right? And everyone that's married for longer than two weeks, I think. it? <laughs> What about if you're single? You might not have a husband 
that goes home with you tonight where you should practice in love with the Holy Spirit, soften your heart. But you do have the bridegroom that loves you directly and he loves you and he leads you through his church. And when he speaks to you at church, when he speaks to you at small group, you can harden your heart or you can soften your heart. You see, in the very same way that a man can prepare his heart for marriage by serving the church, so a woman can prepare her heart by loving the bridegroom. And when she walks down the aisle, she already knows the perfect groom. And she can walk into the life of her earthly groom and she'll know how to soften her heart. And in the same way, I see men working hard as they serve the bride of Christ, the church, and they inspire men. In the same way, I see um, women that's not married and I see their love and I see how they follow Jesus. They come to church alone. Sometimes we, when we are married, dan raak ons slag. Because now if one can't come to church, no, then both stay at home. But the single woman in the rain will come alone. She will find a way. She'll come from Pretoria. She'll come early. She'll be here. She's wet. And I, and, I, and I just say, Lord, that's how my heart should be towards you. That's why all are included. Marriage is not for the elite. The essence of marriage is for every person. Amen? It can actually be, and I know this is hard, but I have to say this, that a single woman can portray the essence of marriage at times better than a married woman because of her heart towards Jesus. Amen? That's why I will not marry everyone, and people get very mad at me. There's a family member last week that I said no for because I don't understand marriage. I cannot marry them. There was pressure on me. Can I do it? They don't know what marriage is. Amen. Let's go on. We are finishing up. We're almost there. Cappuccino is right after. It's now 10 minutes. Someone. 127 verse 3, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. And God blessed them, speaking to Adam and Eve, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth. Okay. God loves children. He's there when everyone gets formed, when everyone gets born, He's there. He loves so who loves little children? Just uh, let's let's have a moment. Okay, all right. Now I'm just telling you, it can be quite traumatic when they get born. All right, I was there, and I'm just thinking, man, my wife is a superhero. I'm like, that for me, that was a rough day. But when that baby enters the world, there's something about your breath that gets taken away, like. I made this, <laughs> you know, and here he is crying and it's, it's really incredible. And it's a blessing to be married and to be able to have children. It's a blessing. But I want to tell you this, the essence of marriage is not to have children. 
the essence of marriage is not to have children. Children, having children is not the essence of marriage. Are you with me? It, it's more than that. Because if having children was the essence of marriage, then you should divorce your partner if they can't have children. And that is what's happening in the world. But the essence of marriage is so much more. But then what is it? If children are so amazing, what is the story there? And here I want to go over to the single people. You're like, okay, you're not going to find a way to include us in this one, man. This is going to be a little bit of a tough one. I'll tell you what. Every child that gets born, God loved that child. God formed that little being. But that child only loves God the day they get born again. And that day, that child becomes a child of God ever. And you may not have or be able to have physical children, but you can have spiritual children. You can have spiritual children and you are called to have them. As a student, um, my parents did not um, worship the Lord. And so when I got saved, I craved for people like Ogenrika. And there was a woman, Tanya Salambosh, or Maharki, Tani Koren. And I walked into the house and they were to me parents. Now my parents and I, we've got a great relationship now, but I needed parents and they were there for me. You, if you can't have kids in the natural, you can still be a parent. It can also be a marvelous. It can also be a marvelous. And sometimes, when married couples can't have children, I cry with them, but there's an excitement deep in my heart. Then I'm like, Lord, these people have so much love. What are you preparing here? Because they're going to be parents one way or another. And sometimes they have to, in the physical, adopt children and and and. Take God's children in the world into their home, and other times they are parents for children, a spiritual mom and dad. What a privilege! I'll tell you this as well: that some people that is single and unmarried are better parents than people that is married. Just because you are married doesn't mean you're a parent. So everyone is included. Everyone is included. The call of every man is to be a father. The call of every woman is to be a mother. And I praise God for people like that, or I would not have been here. The call of marriage, everyone is included to partake in the essence of marriage, and you are already a part of it. You are not excluded. And in this church. Specifically, I just want to say it again: you are not a level below people that is married. That would be wrong. Amen. So, as we summarize, every man, let us remember: 
married or unmarried, we are called to model the heart of Jesus, his love for sinners to the world around us. And let's do it to the best of our ability. Every, every lady, every woman, you are called to model that soft heart that everyone should have towards Jesus. You model it better than men. Though they need the soft heart also. So thank you for that. We honor you. Thank you for modeling that heart. Because tomorrow morning, when I go and sit at my stilted tight bunk, then God expects a soft heart from me. So thanks for inspiring me. And other women and men, please don't get discouraged. Do it. Then every man and woman is called to be a father and mother. Let's stand up in this place today. Yeah, I just want to pray for us and just trust God to move some things in the spirit here. Yeah, Lord, I just want to thank you that you are here kneeling down next to this congregation. There are some broken hearts here. Some shattered expectations, yet you are here to bring healing. You are here to do it. And Lord, let Shofar become less. Let Jesus become more. Do your work, Holy Spirit. We invite you in this place. While every eye is closed, I just want to action here tonight. We're not going to call people forward. You can stay in your chair. But if you suffer from a broken heart, just put up your hand. Just, that's me. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands. Just don't be shy. Just put it up. No one's going to look. Just as a sign of faith. Your Lord, as people are indicating, here I am, Lord, I am hurting. I played your full. Their hearts. Bend down and heal every heart. If you've been just received some, some wounds through marriage or Maybe the relationships of your mom or dad or siblings and you've been hurt in that way. Maybe it was not your own marriage or your own relationship, but the, the sin of other people broke over you and in a way discouraged you a bit. And you, you may be worried that, you know what, one day I, I just hope I don't end up like that. Just put up your hand. Say, that's me. I've seen the worst. Your Lord, as people are indicating what they have seen and what they are experiencing. You are not promising that they will never have a hard road. You're not saying here tonight, oh, don't worry, I'm going to bless you and everything's going to be like, like perfect always. That's not what you are saying, but you are entering those lives. You are entering those lives, the one who loved the church to the end, who served her even though she was dirty made covenant with her. You would never give up. And a promise tonight to everyone that would hold on to you is that once you take that hand, you will not let go. That's a sure promise. Then the last group I want to pray for, if you feel overwhelmed with the task stepping into your role maybe you're married or maybe you're single but you're overwhelmed you're like man uh, this just seems too hard for me and I, I don't know where to start and maybe you've messed up so many times that it's 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 almost like you feel this is for other people 
then God is saying, no, 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 no. You might give up on yourself and maybe other people have told you names and stuff, but I am not giving up on you. You're going to get this right. I'm going to heal you. But if you feel overwhelmed with your task as a man or a woman, just quickly put up your hand and say, that's me. Man, I feel overwhelmed. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for that faith. Thank you, Lord, for every hand that is raised, that is crying out to you, Lord. And thank you that they never have to be Jesus. <laughs> and they cannot emulate the church, what she would be after her tears are wiped away. But they can come with their hearts and start to follow you as a human, an imperfect human following a perfect God. And there is beauty in that and grace. Thank you for that, Lord. And then, Lord, lastly, as shofar, we just want to thank you for marriage. We want to thank you for relationship. We want to repent, Lord, that we have sins and we sometimes get this wrong many times. Have grace with us and help us to, to shine a light in this town and also join forces with other churches as we model the love of Jesus and the softness of a church ready to serve. We worship you. Amen. Amen.